cliffcentral.com. All righty. It is uh, Friday morning. It's uh, well into June already, and there are things happening. We've got uh, a, a very, very special guest coming to join us in just a moment. He is someone who's well-known to everybody in South Africa, and uh, comes from a very talented family, actually. Jason Goliath is a comedian, an actor, presenter, an MC, a facilitator, famously known for his huge energy and his larger-than-life personality. It's always good to see him. And we welcome him this morning. We also got Ben's, Ben Karpinski uh, with us this morning. It's going to be a busy Friday, so you have lots to talk about. Jason Goliath, how lucky to see you, dude. How are you? Listen, I am I'm, I'm excellent. This is uh, I'm not used to this time of the day anymore, Gareth. I'm sure. I don't dude. know how you do this thing. Just wake up in a good mood before <laughs> 8 o'clock. It's, uh, it's a struggle. Then also, I open my eyes mm. to thin people discussing <laughs> fat people. Let's immediately have a bloody meeting. It's experiential appropriation. Ben, you've never been fat a bloody day in your life. No wait. No wait. In the meantime, you look like a no-name brand. You know what? You must never, Ben. You know what? He was. Uh, 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 was, I've been holding on to this. I've been holding on to this through your whole conversation. I've got points. Let me make my points. Back to you can do your show. Number one. Number one. The next time you guys discuss fat people and hold pictures on screen, you better have a fat person on the screen representing other fat people because there's two types of fat people. Gareth, you said you don't want people on the show. They said, take that thing away from my face. Gareth, you said, you, you said, you said you don't want people that come and deny, oh, I got fat by mistake. So I make jokes yep. on stage all the time about I'm tired of 10 people looking at me no more like I don't know. I'm tired of 10 people looking at me like I found out this morning, like I jumped out of bed on some, oh, I feel so bloated. No, yeah. we know we are fat. We are very well aware we are fat. Every time we try to move, we are fat. Every time we sit down, we're fat. We stand up, we're fat. We lie down. We roll over in the bed, we are still fat. <laughs> so for me, I'm fat because I love food, okay? I love food more yes. than I love Gareth Cliff's opinion. I can't explain <laughs> it in a better way than that. Okay, number one, Gareth Cliff with nothing to do with my debit orders. Number two, Gareth Cliff yeah. looked like he can't even cook. I don't care what Gareth Cliff's opinion when it comes to my body shape. But there are also people, Gareth, that you must understand, fatness is a side effect of mental wellness. Fatness is a side effect of, of, of not being loved. Fatness is a side effect of having a small house and your fridge is too close to your bed. Fatness can have many reasons. You can't just blanket all of us like, yeah, you're irresponsible, jab at the heart, you're eating yourself to death, treating your body like a dustbin. It's bloody not even 8 o'clock and I'm having these conversations. Oh, no, guys, 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 you started me off on the wrong note. Jesus, that was a tirade. That's, that's what that was. It was a tirade. Yes, but it was the truth. It was the truth. Ben, you complaining about fat people is exactly the same as you complaining about menstruation pains. You know nothing about these things. <laughs> You're hey, not even in that WhatsApp do group. You, do, you know what a, do you know what a cat is? Uh, well, I mean, big cat, small cat. Okay, no, but you know what a cat is. But you don't have to be a cat to know what a cat is. So cat rhymes. Yeah, but you have cat, to be a cat to understand what a cat feels, No, Gareth. you don't. Nobody cares what a cat feels. Yes, you do. Look at no, that. Look at that puss next to the cell. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Even no. the cat came to say, ah, I don't, don't speak on my name. I don't, you don't, I don't know my struggle. No, 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 hold on. I don't, have, one life I don't, I don't, have, I don't have to be fat to uh, understand what it's like to be a fat person. And I'll tell you something. I did look at a picture of my, myself about 10 years ago, and I saw I was becoming a fat slob. And I thought, I'm going to fix that, which, that is, which is more than a lot of these fat fuckers 
are prepared to do. I have no sympathy. Dude, Jason, I, I hear you. First of all, you are not fat. I, I, the, the kind of people we're talking about are like, you know, that woman that I keep putting on the, on the screen because she, her thigh is as fat as your whole head. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't Look, compare I'm, it to you. I'm not going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to pretend like it doesn't annoy me when I see somebody that can't leave the house because it doesn't matter whether mm -hmm. they go sideways or normal ways, they can't fit through the door. Yeah. I, I, I get annoyed as well when I see those people act shocked. What do you mean I'm eating four times as much? I'm like, ma'am, you have two chickens in one pan. You, you know what I mean? I've seen those, I've seen yeah, those no, videos. Listen, no. So I understand, I understand the frustration, but I am going to ask on behalf of, of sensitive people everywhere that just, you, you have your opinion, but don't express it with such, with such jabba the hat. Yeah, I mean, bastards. Hey, I mean that's, that's, the language that's, is unnecessary. Listen, the comment is, is, is this your first time on the show? <laughs> It is not, which is why I'm very vocal. My wife left. My wife was watching. When she saw me, she was just like, oh, my God, why are you screaming at the people? So again? listen. My I, wife left. She went to listen in another room. I want to talk about what you, you're up to because uh, we haven't spoken to you and yeah. caught up with you for a very long time. I mean, uh, first of all, being a comedian during lockdown was shit because you couldn't do your thing. And there were lots of people who were trying yeah. to do it online. But, I mean, if, if you don't have the audience in front of you, that's hell. Right. That was that was really awful for many people. If you don't have the audience in front of you, it's not even stand up. It's a different genre of comedy. So what Correct. I first learned Correct. is to stop expecting it to be stand up because it's not stand up. It was like a, a different genre under the comedy umbrella. Yeah. But, but you've also become you are now the voice of Comedy Central Africa. Congratulations on that. I mean, that's really, really cool. Thank you. Yeah. How did Thank that, you. How did that um, work? How did that all happen? You know, I, I've got to be honest, I think it was just patience. Because, I mean, I remember Comedy Central and I have this weird relationship because I've been doing comedy for about the same amount of time that Comedy Central has been in the country. Right. Um, and I remember I remember David Kibuka as the first voice, and I remember thinking, oh, my God, this is, you know, in terms of branding, I just go like, Comedy Central, just even the logo, even if you've never watched the channel, you know that that logo is like a, a stamp of authority for good comedy. Like it's Absolutely. become like, a, you know, globally recognized as, Trusted. as if, if these people back you up, you, you are cool. And when I heard David Kibuka's voice, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so cool. Yeah. And what's even cooler is he was doing it in a style that no other channels were kind of allowing, exploring creativity and being crazy. And then, you know, as a channel and, and, and talent, we've, they've been, you know, kind of, I suppose, strategic partners in a way and have really looked after me and taken care of me through my career, giving me so many experiences. Like, you know, my first time in, in at JFL, uh, which used to be the biggest comedy festival in the world, like Mecca yeah. for Comedy. Comedy Central took me out my first time. And we've just been really, really close. And I think when you when you thought about me, when you comedians talk about JFL, you're talking about just for laughs, which is in Canada. Just right? for laughs. That's a monstrous. Just for laughs in, in Montreal, Canada. Yeah. Look, that's a big like, deal. I, I always articulated that as a festival, it's so important to comedians that when comedians write jokes, we all face our books towards the mecca of comedy, which is JFL. I can't explain yeah. it in a in a in a less PC way than that. Just look at uh, look at Ben's cat is listening very intently to everything you're saying. Check. Yeah, Ben's <laughs> cat is waiting for him to to switch off his camera so it can exert its revenge on him talking things. It's, it's just waiting for the camera no, to be off. No, uh, she, cat she, is patient. She she, she, she uh. shaves way more than I do. Ben, Listen, you understand. You don't. You clearly don't understand the language of pussy, Ben. I, I'm not going to say any more than that. You're making up things. I'm just saying. That's, I'm just saying, Ben. That's I not think, your first language. It's not think, your mother's tongue. Thing. I think Jason is. Uh, <laughs> I think Jason is saying you have no game, Ben. I think that's what he's saying. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't mind because at, 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 
after no name brand Tintin, I mean, there's no real comeback from me on that side. So you can you can have his <laughs> moments. No, it's because Jabba, Jabba, Jabba. When you said Jabba, you hurt us all a little bit. Jabba. All of us, just a little bit. But even yeah, us, so I, I, never I wanted, said people, you hurt us. <laughs> I, I want to change the subject ever so slightly. Something I've admired about you, you know, because I used to be friends with Dan Nickel, and then I wasn't famous enough, so we haven't seen him in a long time. But he always and shows I you. Your, I took your place there. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and um, the, other, the other week there was actually a big celebration of your 200th appearance on the show. Congrats on that, by the way. Oh, oh, I something I've always enjoyed about you is that like a lot of comedians, they make no money, right? So you have to do the corporate stuff. You have to toe the line. You have to do all those kind of things. Yeah, but you, some, you, you somehow are funny in that stuff and you're still funny. And it's like what you've done since what the, the castle lager days, that's when you first sort of like shot to fame. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not here to blow, blow smoke up anyone's eyes. I just, uh-huh. you know, I, 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 I don't ever see you because like, I don't play golf anymore either. And I've just got to say, after all these years, like you are still funny. It's, yeah. it's hard. I mean, a lot of people are just like, they just, they stop funnying. You know, firstly, thank you. I, I appreciate that very much. Secondly, I just, I think I, I, I'm very, very comfortable with, with who I am. And I think what helps me be funny in all those situations is that I'm just, so like at corporate, I'm just funny without swear words. On stage, yeah. I'm just adding swear words, which is like having the curry with aromat, you know what I mean? Adding some, <laughs> adding some, adding some flavor. Um, but uh. it, it, funny, I think, I think, and, and I think one of the scariest things that, that especially comedians and artists don't speak about is, you know, that, that light going out. Uh, because we've seen it in other artists where, you know, yeah. we, we were fans of an artist that had a kind of confidence wobble and just couldn't pull it back up. And I think it sits, it sits in our minds and the pandemic, you know, made it even exaggerated even more because generally we take kind of three weeks off, uh, you know, when clubs are closed December, January every year mm-hmm. and we come back after those three weeks rusty and then we had two weeks or two years off. Uh, and we all thought that the rust is going to overwhelm us like an old Datsun from Durban. You know what I mean? And <laughs> the, 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 the fact that we can still do it. So I'm, I'm confident that it's a confidence game. And, and you know, I, I always say to comedians that the first person who's got to believe that you're funny is yourself. Because you've got yeah. to believe in your funny. Because if you don't believe in your funny, the second the audience stops laughing, you'll, you'll go that direction with them. Whereas in my mind, when the audience stops laughing, I always go, no, I'll give you guys time to think. I know I'm funny. If you haven't laughed, it means the message is still maybe seeing itself to you. you but, know what I mean? but, we, but we all know, I mean, listen, I think what, what, what Ben is also, uh, you know, kind of mentioning on the, on the side or in the margins here. And it's something that, that you've been really good at. There are very few people who get it right in terms of longevity. It's like some people just don't know when, you know, time is up. Like, for example, and I did a TV show for, what, 11 seasons? And I could tell by, yeah. by season eight that I needed to get out because yes. you don't want to be the one who's switching off the lights or have people say, oh, my God, not that guy again. And in South oh, Africa, absolutely. right in South Africa, there's so many people in the entertainment business. They don't realize they've passed their sell-by date. They've been doing the same thing for like 15, 20, 30 years and nobody cares anymore. Nobody's interested anymore. They haven't reinvented themselves. They're not doing anything new. And you look at think, that's a bit sad. And comedy, it's so stark because, you know, they're these grumpy old guys. And I'm not going to mention names yeah. because there are a lot of these people. Yeah, yeah, these there are a lot of these people who deserve our respect because they've been around a long time, right? And they're like, mm. they're like fucking old bull elephants who knock over shit in the Kruger Park. But 
some of these people are no they're not funny in their real lives and they're not even that funny when they get on stage anymore they just moan and yes <laughs> i don't know yes that, <laughs> I, I don't know that those guys anyone's actually had the balls to go up to them and say hey listen dude you know you used to be the funniest guy in the whole country people love you but if you stop now people will remember you for the good times <laughs> if you carry on they can eventually you know, you as a grumpy old just, bastard Yes, put your bat in the air. You know what I mean? Put your bat in the air. If I off, not out. You know what right. I mean? Put your bat in the air. Let the yes. audience cheer. Yes. They know you got one or two more sixes. You're like, come to the next match. I'll show you those sixes. <laughs> but for now, I think I've done enough damage here. Let me just. Yeah. Let me just. But, you know, it's, 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 it's so interesting that you say that because I think the rules should be the same uh, kind, of, kind of all the way through. And for me, I'm always shouting at comedians going, stop listening to comedians, number one. Uh, so I go only listen to two two people, mm. to those that paid to see you play and those that are paying you to play. Uh, so so you you worry about the opinion of the audience and you worry about the opinion of the person that is arranging the event and and that that booked you. Everybody else's opinion doesn't matter. So I always say to comedians, why do you care what a comic thinks about your set when the audience is is literally their only job is to tell you if you're doing well or not? Yeah. So for me, I think that what happens is. People get so caught up in this in this world, and you know, David Kibuka was my great mentor, and I'm weird, weird that I'm bringing him up again. But he said something so interesting to me. He said, "Listen, this this life is going to get so exciting, and there's going to be so many interesting things that many artists forget what they sell." And I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "No, you get so caught up in the hype and yeah. the media, and the, you know, everybody knows you, and and people think you're funny that you forget that what you sell at the end of the day is actually jokes." And for me, you always got to have the jokes. And number two, the second the audience is not laughing. If you're not listening to that, you've lost already. So I watch a, a guy that's been doing it for 20 years go on stage, um, bomb, and then come off and go, ah, this is a cuck audience. You know what I mean? That guy stopped listening. He's, yeah. he's disengaged. His yeah. sense of reality around the craft well, is, a, mean, little bit, you're is lucky, a little bit dim. You're lucky in some ways because being in comedy, you guys get immediate feedback. Like some, some oh. other businesses, and let's just step out of the entertainment business for a while because we all know yeah. that there, there are CEOs who've been in that job for too long. There are people who've been, oh. you know, there are people who've been hanging on by their, by their fingernails to a, to a job or to a business that they should have left a long time ago because they're no longer the best person to run it. You know, every business oh. has a, has a life, lifespan as well. You might be the founder of something. You might be the person who starts something. But ultimately, as your business grows, you have to bring in people who are better at running it, not find it, not not starting it, but running it than you are. And I think all of us realize at some point, like you are not always going to be the best person to do what you're currently doing. And absolutely not. And it's nice in comedy that you guys get the immediate feedback. And it's also lacquer for us because we can we can be honest with comedians. We're, how many? Yeah. How, many, how many people are honest with? You know, when, when Coca-Cola bring out, like, vanilla Coke or whatever other shit products they've come up with in the last couple of years. Um, I, I don't think it was delicious. Yo, that amount of sugar plus vanilla. What a glorious concoction. Yes, I couldn't this, drink that thing with my eyes open. You know, when you sip it, you have to close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Hey, damn it, damn it. I'm so, it's, I'm like so, a, it's like, you know, the, the, the opening strains of diabetes. That's the, oh, the first, just to twist it and then to, yeah, 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 man. Lacquer. But you know what I mean? Like some people just don't get the hint. They don't, nobody's uh, making it clear to them or clear enough to them that your time is up. 
find something new to do. We all can we, we, we can go and do interesting and exciting new things. I mean, for, for me, this year is all about kind of exploring new stuff and trying new things yeah. and getting into places I've never got into before. But the media business seems to have a lot of dinosaurs in it. Really. People Aren't you secretly grateful for those people? No. no, like, no. I'm, no feel, so for me, for I, sometimes I'm, I'm secretly <clears> grateful because <throat> I'm like, sometimes the audience needs a barometer to see just how good I am. You know what I mean? Sometimes <laughs> they need to see what the, how hard this thing is, the flip side of the coin. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm always like, when I, when I see an unmotivated <laughs> person, I'm like, no, it's fine. You be unmotivated. I, I don't need more competition. You know what I mean? Let's keep the fast lane open. Um, just move to the move to the left and 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 let us come through. So I'm just like I'm in a space where I think what what I realize is I can't I can't control people. What I can't control what people think. So I need to let what people think affect me less. Um, so when I see a, a a guy on stage that's past his time and nobody can tell him, um, I'm just like, yo, I'm not going to tell him, uh, but yeah. I'm going to let him know. Like there's a, there's a famous, there's a famous story within the comedians about Jamie Foxx years ago. And, uh, the story is Jamie Foxx goes on stage and he's been doing the thing for years at the time. And he's very, very famous. Um, and it's in one of these kind of, you know, Apollo rooms where it's just rough and rowdy. Um, and Jamie goes on and essentially gets pulled off. Uh, you know, sure. he bombs so bad that, you know, the, the, the audience turns at him and gets, gets booed off and he comes off and he's like, ah, cuck audience, etc. And as he's walking out the backstage door, literally he has the whole building vibrating, uh, with laughter and it is heaving, turns back, goes back in stage and a young Chris Tucker, uh, who's wow. an open spot at the time and unknown is destroying the house. And in that moment, Jamie Foxx always speaks about how he then realized it's never the audience's fault. Mm -hmm. It's always the comedian's fault. Um, And comedy is always going to be the boss. So comedy is not like music where I believe you can be the absolute master and you never play a bad note. With comedy, even if you Dave Chappelle, you can have a bad set and bomb. That's just the way new great content is is created. You know, you've got to test it, trial it. And and the only way to do it is to die in front of an audience who can't wait to tell you that that was cuck. Um, but that, that point of, of Jamie Foxx sits in my head for a long time is never think you're bigger than the game um, and never stop listening to the audience. Mm. Never stop. They'll tell you. 100%. Uh, right. you, you, guys, you guys speak about the whole like reinventing yourself and reju- rejuvenating yourself. COVID was the rusty time period, but I mean, social media has given comedians a whole different way of marketing and obviously trying what they can do. Do you find like that's something that you've enjoyed more or do you feel like there's a lot of pressure because now you've got different platforms to be funny do you feel like there's more pressure for you to always be on those things or do you see it more like something that can help you build look i'm 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 41 so social media pressure is something that i wish i could say listen i feel no pressure about social media but i think the pressure i do feel is that it's like a sometimes it's a new language like i look at i look at these new tiktok comedians um and i go how could you post that video? There's a dirty sock in the back of the room. Because I come from a time, no, for real, I come from a time where if you have many takes, you see the sock, you remove the sock, you take it, you do the take again. But that's not what's trending. So I find myself feeling like a bully because I'm looking at some of this content with a million views, a sock in the back of the room, and I go, I don't understand what's so exciting about this. So number one, I feel like I'm a little bit too old to understand it. Uh, Number two, other than comedians like uh, Donovan Goliath, for example, who you know, he, he, it was expressed that he found his freedom in captivity because the lockdown yeah. forced him to go back to his roots of creativity and Listen, he got so engaged online. Some, someone and I sent, didn't feel any pressure because I'm not that guy. Someone sent me a, a clip of Donovan 
just the other mm. day because we do this thing called Collectomania. It's this very funny clip where he's basically joking about yeah. how he's collected 40,000 Woolworths bags. Yeah, 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 yeah. bags, which it's just, it's brilliant. Now, I'm not on TikTok, but my God, there is, uh, there's room there for people to come up with creative ideas. And I've met some of these like TikTok stars. First of all, I don't know who they are when I meet them, which is, which is probably better. 100%. But they, but they, some of them are, killing it they're doing extraordinary stuff people people love them and a few of them i have to say are very unimpressive in person like you'd you'd walk past the most you'd walk past them in the in the shops and you'd think that i I hope you know i hope that guy's okay i hope he makes it through the day (laughs) looks like he's having a fucking terrible time so so look let me let me let me let me jump in here what i what i love is so firstly i think that we all live in the space of fear that everybody's out to take what's ours um and i don't think that this is the case with these new let's call them digital digital mm-hmm. comedians because that's exactly what they are because it's, it's, so it's a new world it's a new piece of there's, pie there's 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 enough for there's enough for 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 everybody you must just kind of understand the lane that you're competing in so i listened to to Luis Gola do an interview um, and he articulated best, so I'll just repeat his articulation. He said, look, like for, for comedians, uh, a TikTok comedian has a dedicated following. Those people follow them because mm-hmm. of initial interest in their content, and they already believe that they're funny. They have 20 takes, so it's easy for them to keep their audience who've already identified that they're funny, and they kind of like that brand, entertained. A stand-up comedian can walk into a room where nobody's seen or heard of them before and make that room laugh, which is what a digital or a TikTok comedian can't do. So they can't just walk into a room, meet somebody yeah. for the first time live, and without the opportunity of a second take, engage with the room and make them laugh. And I think that what's exciting for me is it's opened up this whole new uh, kind of genre. And I think the industry before was preaching about gatekeepers and you can, and I think all, all industries of the arts are, you have to oh, be yeah. with so-and-so label to be seen and the best of us are not being showcased. And at the moment, this thing here is your, it's your agent, it's your television platform, it's your channel, it's your, it's your, it's your equipment. And if you have one of these, you can show anybody how good your skills are. So like, I was doing a gig in PE a couple of months ago and like four young ladies came up to me and said, yes, man, we have a band. Do you have any advice for us? We got quite a crowd of like 74 people at our last event. And I was like, guys, that's excellent. They were like, what advice do you have? I said, give your music away for free. They were like, what do you mean? I said, put your music on the internet for free. Give away as much of it as possible. Build an audience online, then you can translate that into bucks because it's not well, 1980. What, what we've yeah, got to you, deliver the cassettes and hope for the correct. best. Correct. I was just like, there's give no it one, away. There's, Let people there's, here build your audience. There's nobody stopping you right now. If if you are an entertainer, whatever you could do, comedy, you could do music, you could be uh, one of those people who puts together little documentaries. You could be someone who teaches people things. There is no excuse anymore. You you don't need anyone on your side to be able to be successful if you've got something you just great, need to be good absolutely That's it. but you've also got to deliver like this is where and ben we've spoken about this a million times it's like a lot of people have good ideas um mm. in fact ideas you, you could find them under if you just kick a bush properly a whole bunch of ideas will fall out of it that the last three people left there but it's doing well, stuff as, as, as they say making, Gareth, making uh, it happen. ideas are like our souls ideas are like our souls everyone's got one yeah and yeah. and unlike assholes, not the stars. Unlike assholes, many people have <laughs> many people have more than one. I mean, if you had more than one asshole, that would be a major major problem. But you know, you 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 basically leak uh, shit like a sieve. 
But the fact is that are they also... Both, are they both together? Like one in, in your back? No, I don't know. Like, I've never, I'm I've just never trying to orientate anyone. like... I've never met anyone these, with more than one is asshole. It, no, because is, is it, is it like, a, you know those exhaust pipes that are together? Or is it like yeah. GTI where the they're on the opposite? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, if you had to have a second arsehole, you'd, you, I think it would be better for them to be closer together. Imagine if you well, had it'd one. Be, it'd, be, it'd be pretty funny. It'd be pretty funny. Like, you know, like with a car, you get to a certain amount of horsepower, you need more exhaust. What if you get to a certain kilogram weightage? Suddenly it's like, whoop, second arsehole popped up there. <laughs> you see, you, I'm, I'm now person. worried about. No, because, you know, like, like if you've ever been in a public platform and you've got a controller, poopal each, like you can't, you can't show. Now imagine two poopals are eating at the same time. Oh, no, my goodness. That's how you get. You'll have a stroke, oh, I'm telling you. Oh, my God. That's outrageous. The fact is, it would be a lot worse if you had arseholes opening up along your spine. Imagine if you had one at the bottom, and then before you knew, there was one in the middle of your spine, and then you had one on each shoulder blade. Oh, no, hell no. That would be horrible. Oh. <laughs> no, you'd go to like the a, like, like, like a jacuzzi with the ports <laughs> all over your body, just but the brown, brown fountains. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Who's <laughs> that laughing in the background? Someone, someone's laughing wife. in the background. That's my wife upstairs. That's Jacuzzi brown pupils. <laughs> we've definitely, we've definitely found, we, we, we found her niche. <laughs> you know, that's funny because in slang, in slang, uh, uh, we call it R. You know what I mean? That's our, that's our slang. That's like the, the, yeah. the you want to see a colored girl gag? You just say, did you slap the R? That's how you call it, the R. And then I'm saying you would be a human spa. Because you'd be a jacuzzi and you'd be a spa. You know oh, what I mean? Geez. Would you like a mud bath, darling? You know what I mean? Oh, that's disgusting. On to something. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. So, the point was, the whole reason we brought up assholes, thanks very much, Ben, is because a lot of people yeah. have ideas, but they don't do anything with it. I mean, what I love about you is that you've always got shit done. I mean, I know that, didn't you have a whole bunch of money stolen from you uh, recently? Mm-hmm. Fucking, so yeah, a, a lot it, of money. It's like, it's like, like four years, four years ago now, and and four years ago we had we had just just over two hundred and fifty thousand rand uh, hacked. Yes, uh, by some hackers, um, and uh, you know, you know, but you know, was I, that was uh, that out of your bank? That is out of our bank. So what happened is they yes, they hacked our, our 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 emails, but on like the the master level, so it didn't matter if we changed passwords. Right, and then all they would do is intercept. So. Uh, uh, we would send out, we would send out an invoice. Uh, they would block that email, change banking details on our invoice and forward the invoice to client. And then a RAS client from us going, have you paid? Have you paid? Have you paid? Oh have you God. paid? Have you paid? And it took us like seven days to figure it out. Um, and by the time we'd, we'd figured it out, you know, many clients had paid, paid money to the wrong account. We'd paid to the wrong account as well because they did that too. So I remember Lockenville, we booked Lockenville for a thing, and then Lockenville were like, ah, guys, we haven't received the money just before they're going on stage. And we're like, what do you mean? We paid you two days ago. Now you must pay people oh, again man. because you can't be having this conversation now. It was, it was rough. But it is what it is. So for me, I'm just like, it, it is what it is. It's not a defeatist thing. I'm just like, uh, we've stopped pretending that the world isn't the way the world is. So you can't stop every time you get robbed or something bad happens to you. You just got to keep it moving. And we, we, we've kind of had that attitude as a, as a business, and I've had that attitude in my career that I love this thing so much that I only want to do versions of, of comedy, uh, whether it be acting, radio, movies, whatever it is I do, I want to have that feeling of, of does it make me feel good? And I think that's such a nice privilege to have worked for is that I don't have to do things that, that don't kind of, you know, make me happy or that I wouldn't do for free anymore. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've got like, it, it's, it's this, it's this 
weird realization that I think to be able to make your money while having as much fun as I have yes, makes me luckier I, than I, a lottery I, I, winner. I know. Like, I mean, you sound I'm like, the luckiest person I know. You sound like you're over it, and I don't want to traumatize you again by, by making you tell the story. But, dude, to have a quarter of a million rand stolen from you, th- this, is, this is really – that's got to be one of the most – I would have been so angry for so long. I'm I'm impressed with how you just I, breeze past it. Now. Look, I know no, I'm, all, I'm okay now, but I can't live there. At the time, Yo. if I found those people, if I found those people, I had a very clear plan. Eh? I was going to be sneaky. I was going to find out because scammers generally, they have families. That's why they turn to crime. They want to feed yeah. people. Yeah. Then all I was going to do, I was going to go and fetch their children, leave their children with my mother because she's a great babysitter. <laughs> and then after about four and a half days, I was yeah. just going to deliver a shoebox with sheep kidneys inside saying, be careful who you steal from and say nothing else. Just, you know what I mean? That's the level of anger. You know when you start having dark, like thoughts? Yes. That was the level of thoughts. It's like, I will take these people's children, leave them with my mother. So they're having an even better time eating brand name food for the first time in their life. It's nice. It's nice. The kids are safe. And then to the parents, however, shoebox outside the door, locker with a bow. It must look nah, like it comes from a <laughs> online shopping. It must look nice. There must be an experience. You know, you're opening up this newspaper. Then all of a sudden, two sheep kidneys just going, yeah. You've robbed the wrong people. You've robbed the wrong people. I wish I could add my face and tone to the... No, it made me, it made me very, very angry. And then you realize that, you know, oh, we are so ignorant. They are like formal operations, call centers. People get dressed in, in a shirt and a belt and a shoe to go and steal from you every single day. So we just got to have our wits about us. And I think the biggest lesson for me is it could have been more. And although that thing hurt us and almost finished us, it didn't. But it did make us wise. It did make mm-hmm. us bolster in- internet yep. security, think twice about clicking on links, makes us just because people want to take your bucks and they don't care. Wow. Yeah, somehow, I mean, it was m- much more fun when we were talking about having multiple assholes, but it's just, it's a real thing, hey? We talk about it often on the show, and people get ripped off, and you, you actually... Every got, day. Every day, and you know how many people have lost, like, everything? And, and the bank, yeah. the bank's not going to give you your money back. That doesn't happen. They don't go... Well, I know oh, the well. process. I know the process now, so the, the bank is, is, is very, very simple. Um, the, 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 the bank will only investigate, firstly, if you initiated a transaction. So if you transferred the money, right. then they'll help you. But if you, so I went to, to the banks going, listen, my clients have transferred money into this account, thinking it was my account because these people were posing as me. Yeah. Then they said, your clients have to go to the police and report, and then your clients have to come to us and report, and then we will initiate an investigation. So. At, 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 you know, in the moment, you, you just want to burn down the whole thing because you're like, why are you not protecting me and my money? You can obviously see yeah. what has happened. Why are you not even willing to investigate? Then you hear things like, you know, the, 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 the bank, banks in South Africa, each of them get at least, you know, they, they're getting a million attempts a day globally to mm-hmm. hack them. So they are dealing with, 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 with so much. And then, you know, I feel very important and special because it's my money. But sure. to them, you know, it, it, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's a list of people. Maybe in the, in the whole scheme of things, 250,000 rand, which is a lot of money to any of us. Don't get <sighs> me wrong. But yes, maybe in the, in the big scheme of things, that's nothing because there's probably billions being stolen every day. Who knows? Exactly. Exactly, and and you know you don't. I mean, it sounds it sounds like I'm 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 definitely not not on their side, and I think that those that those processes need to change, and you know I 100%. think that you know a lot of them are kind of kind of working towards it, um, but I think the, the the bottom line is don't underestimate how smart things are. Like you know, I read a, I read an article the other day 
uh, or my wife told me because she reads articles and then tells me. Um, but it simply said that, listen, we are, we are idiots and underestimate how smart criminals are. Because, for example, you get a mail um, from a scammer and you are laughing at the, 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 the how do you call it, the articulation, the English, sure. you're laughing at the, the grammar and everything. At, at, you know, the grammar, there's the word, you're laughing at the grammar. Then it, the article said that that grammar is intentional. Because if you are foolish enough to think that it's a serious email, despite the grammar, you are their target audience. So it's criminals sifting through because they don't want wow. smart guys like you guys who are going to expose them. That's You're not their target audience. Huh. So what they're doing is they're clearing you out the way and getting to their target audience because if you miss the grammar as an indicator of something's wrong here, wow. then you are more likely to fall for the next step and the next step and the next step. So wow. now we think we're clever because we're like, oh, look at this guy, can't even English, and he thinks he's going to fool me. No, he has fooled you because he's made sure because you're the guy that's going to catch him, report him, and get him into trouble. Yeah. So he doesn't want you. That's right. He wants the Dombra. That doesn't, that is so desperate for the box. They rely on greed and feed on all of those things. Mm. And for me, that is just such a fascinating thought to go, yeah, I live in a bubble. I think I'm clever in the meantime. Right. There's no more clever people than criminals. Dude, that's spot on. I, I didn't even think about that grammar thing, but it makes so much sense. I mean, that's how you, that's how you filter out the, the, the target audience that you want. It's brilliant. Absolutely. 100%. So listen, one, 100%. one other thing. I mean, I, I'm trying to, to kind of keep the conversation in the in the bounds of what I wanted to talk about, we could let it go anywhere mm. you want now. But I did want to congratulate you. It's been ten years of Goliath and Goliath, eh? Guy, guy, dude, ten years of Goliath and Goliath PTY Limited. That's amazing. We can't believe it. That's we, phenomenal. Like it flew by. It was it was the quickest and the best ten years of of all our lives. So for those people that don't know, Goliath and Goliath is made up of, of four people. Uh, there's my sister Kate, who's our MD, and she's our boss and manager. And she's the brains of the business. From I mean, listen, hundred percent. She, she's uh, we we we've, we've interviewed her once against her will when you guys came in uh, when you, I think when you just started Goliath and Goliath, mm, and we, mm, we had mm. and nobody was interested in what you assholes had to say, but Kate, she had a lot to say. Always. She, She's she, the brain. She's the funniest and the smartest. Thank, really thank God for her. Your family would be uh, on the streets. <laughs> uh-uh, uh-uh. Thank God for me because I enabled. I, she was one of those old engines. I had to start like this. So it was a, it was a two ply. Yeah, a two-ply situation right, our so, family. Hang on. So, anyway, so Kate's our MD, okay, Kate. Um, which we poached from, from, from she was a, a public relations officer at Prime Media Broadcasting when we, right. uh, when we poached her. Uh, and we're like, Donovan and I had this idea to say, hey, let's, let's go in. Uh, and, of course, uh, there's uh, Nicholas Goliath, who's our cousin. Uh, and Nicholas Goliath and I started comedy on the same day. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nick is kind of just, uh, you know, um, Nick, Nick was a sleeping giant, like unbelievable comedy, but I can't wait to announce when he's ready what he's about to do next. Um, and he's just found a new creative lane. I think this, this pandemic did the same for him as for Donovan. Um, and we'll probably be announcing in the next, in the next two months, I think, what, 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 uh, what Nicholas's greenlit project is. Donovan came from Network BBDO, uh, which was a big agency. And it just mm. now, meant now we had all of these people coming together. Uh, Donovan not related at all. That's why it's Goliath, the family name for Kate, Nick, and I, and Goliath Donovan. Mm. And 10 years later, we've been doing our favorite things. We've, uh, I think, influenced a generation of comedy. We've influenced. And, you know, so when you, like, look back, it's like I'm just like, 
it's it's so crazy. I sent Donovan a, 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 a screen grab of somebody's social media the other day, and it was a completely different comedy brand, but the design language was so similar to ours. And I was like, guy, I hope you realize that in some way we've influenced the design language even of stand-up comedy. You have. Uh, never mind just the Listen, way things run, the professionalism. You but guys, what uh, a gift, man. You even, you even created famously venues for other comedians. You've given a lot of yep. other people a head start. You've helped a lot of, of young comics out. I mean, this is this has seriously been a massive contribution now, to comedy. Gareth, this is this is why we're so excited. So what we're doing to celebrate ten years mm. is on the 29th of July at the Lyric Theatre, we're doing a show called Thirty in Five, a ten year celebration. So we're getting thirty of our favorite comedians. Now these are comedians that either preceded us in the industry and helped us grow. These are comedians that came up with us at the same time, right. and comedians that we helped come up. So it's like all the headliners. We're getting thirty headliners to do five minutes each. No host. It's just rock and roll comedy. DJ on stage. Buzzer. If you're dying, if you're dying at three minutes, the room will turn red and you'll be you'll be buzzed <laughs> off stage. Wow. Um, so it's just going to be this this like massive celebration of comedy. And I also think that because of what we've all been through. It's going to be the dipstick test where you'll be able to, in real time, see what the, the quality of South African stand-up well, is. I and mean, let me tell you, I just it's want to unbelievable. Say, it's, very, it's very nice of you to include uh, really talented people like um, Pop Pops and Joey Razdin and, and Lichlim Simang, Tatsun Konzo. And, and it's, even, it's even nicer of you to, to give uh, Nina Hasty a job. I mean, she's really been on the skids for a while, and it's nice. Ah, you know, your jokes are fine. <laughs> Either way, we're doing it all for our original ticket price. So we started a gig called Our Wednesday yeah. before we started Goliath and Goliath. We started this gig called Our Wednesday, which became like a cult thing. It was just great. And, and that running that gig made us feel like there's something more. And that's how we started Goliath and Goliath. And our first ticket price was 50 bucks. So we're wow. doing it for 50 bucks. 30 comedians for 50 bucks just wow. to celebrate because it's a party. Even, it's even, a party. Even the people who live near Gold Reef City can finally afford something in Gold Reef City. That's Man. phenomenal. Look, no, those people are still going to ask for comps, my friend. Even at 50 rand, <laughs> Gold Reef City people, they're going to tell you, ah, I mean, two liters of petrol. I can never. I can never. Listen, at the moment, even even if you um, you come from just around the corner from the Lyric Theatre, it's going to cost you because petrol's so fucking expensive. So EP47 wants to know, does anybody, I mean, it's lucky that you're on the show this morning, know where Jason Goliath was raised? Where are you from? He wants to know. So, so so I'll give you I'll give you like the the long truth which I never give anybody. I normally just give the summarized version. So uh, I was I was born in what's now Tambo Memorial, was then Boxburg General Hospital. That's why I'm so robust. That's it. Um, uh, uh, in 1980, oh, back in the olden okay. days, um, and then we, my my folks lived in Nigel until I was two. From Nigel to Eldorado Park until I was a teenager. From Eldorado Park, we went to Marisburg, Ni- Florida. Hold on. Nigel. Nigel, what the hell did they Nigel, do? Nigel, my friend. What did they do in Nigel? They're Nigel's night. like a mining. No, but it's like a mining town, isn't it? It's a horrible place. So you know, you know what it was is 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 back then housing for people of color was a was a was a struggle. So very often you stayed where somebody from your town had moved oh, um, okay. and would tell you, listen, there's free houses. Put your name on the list. Not free houses, but available houses. Put yeah. your name on the list. Um, and and it, it was it's fascinating for me to go back to that time because if I look at like my 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 dad is. Uh, uh, many, many brothers, yeah. and they all live in different parts of the country for that reason, because right. one of their friends said there's a house available. So, like, oh. you know, 
family arcs of opportunity were changed based on house availability in the 80s because of the Group Areas Act. You know what I mean? It was like crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. So my folks lived in Nigel because that was where the opportunity to move from Durban, from where they, you know, where they were both born yeah. um, and out of their parents' home. That was where their the first opportunity was. Next opportunity, Nick's dad moves into El Dorado Park um, and says to my dad, look, there's some houses in El Dorado Park, which is much closer to where we all have to work, etc. Um, and then Nigel to El Dorado Park when I was about two. Um, and then Aldo's was, I think, my, my main formative years. Growing up in El Dorado Park with an alcoholic father will make you strong, my friend. Let me tell you, Dude, it will make I, you streetwise. I'm, I'm so pleased that you, you explained that Nigel thing because this just, again, proves, you know, people always think, ah, you know, government – it doesn't really affect you as much as it used to, and, and that's probably true, and it's a good thing. Let me tell you something. Mm. People had to put up with unbelievable shit just because some idiot politician decided they were going to do some social engineering and send colored true people story. wherever they wanted to send them. Isn't it insane? When you think about that today, if someone told you, Jason Goliath, they said, you've got to move here because that's where colored people are allowed, you'd You'd give them That's the middle. It. You'd give them the middle. No, no, but worse than that, worse than yes, that, they yes. went, you can't buy this house. We're yeah. giving you a 99-year lease. Right. So you can buy the property. Yeah. We're giving you a 99-year lease, which means you pay the government in perpetuity and you will never own the property. You will never own the property. So then people would be clever and make profit by selling the contract. You know what I mean? So I yeah. sell you the 99-year lease. I make a 10 grand profit for deposit on my next, on my next, on my next contract. What's even scarier, and I think that what, what is hard to talk about now is like, Apartheid was a genius system. As much as we hated it, it was clever, that thing. It was very, very clever. It was very well thought out and was incredibly executed. And then we don't speak about the fact that it's like a, 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 a financial crisis. So when we go through an economic meltdown, the man on the street only feels it in his pocket two years after they've declared the recession over. Right. So apartheid now, 25 years or whatever it is down the line, uh, I go into the hood and I see the results of apartheid. Because yeah. what we it? don't speak about is... Apartheid made everybody live together. Then when everybody was living together, there was all types of colored people. So I go El Dorado Park. Every house in El Dorado Park had one big, every street in El Dorado Park had one big house with a swimming pool and a BMW. Because there was always one Bali that was doing well, yeah. found a company that was, you know, helping him be educated out of the country. And those Bali's were our mentors and our role models. Then I go and do a talk for with Brand South Africa in a colored area outside of PE. And my heart was broken, bro. We do this talk about work hard, tell whatever you want. Your dreams are possible. And just put, put it in and you'll get it out. Lighty comes up to me after the show. And by this time, we've done about six regions. So I'm like, you know, confident in the talk. Yeah. Lighty comes up after me the show and he's like, bro, I don't want to be funny. But that thing that you said doesn't graph for us. It doesn't work for us. And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, my man, you said work hard and you'll be fine. My father's the hardest working man. I know he works two jobs and we are broke. The drug dealer on the corner has a swimming pool and a BMW and doesn't work hard. Yeah. Why would I work as hard as my father to be, to be broke? So then when the Group Areas Act ended, all of those houses with swimming pools, those people moved to the suburbs. Correct. They moved to the suburbs and got out. So all of the role models within those communities were, were almost extracted. Now the big house, the BMW, the swimming pool, those are drug dealers. So how are these kids going to aspire to yeah. get out when their role models are, are doing the wrong thing? So it's like and so many years later, something that apartheid caused is now the blister is starting and to that's, burst. That's where, I, that's where I get so worried about what we're doing right now because we obviously can't change the past. But right now, there are politicians and there are, oh. there are res supposedly responsible people in society who are not making things better. And you think about uh, how kids are growing up. 
in like fatherless households and what the effect of that is going to be in another 25 years' time. We've got big shit on the way. When, I don't want to depress anybody on a Friday morning. But, what, Aye, but what, people what, need to be aware. Also, don't be caught surprised. Yeah. Big cuck. I mean, when, when, when Jason's talking about like what happened you know, 30, 40 years ago, where they would tell you which houses and which suburbs you could live in, and they'd tell you which, uh, what kind of a, of, a, of a contract you might have and who you could marry. I mean, do you remember? This, yeah. is, this is the most insane yeah. thing. When people hear about apartheid, they always think about like Group Areas Act or they think about you know, Blancas and Ni Blancas on this bench or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the worst part of it was this thing called the – what was that act called? The, the marriage – not the marriages, the, the – Morality Mor- Act. Morality Act. That's the one. This mm-hmm. is the thing where – and I mean, it's so ridiculous. Like, colored people in, in South Africa have a very special uh, belonging, which you could argue nobody else has because they were made, yeah. manufactured, <laughs> raised in South Africa like nobody else, right? Yeah. You could argue about white people and black people from other parts of the yeah. world or whatever. But the, the idea that they would tell you that you couldn't marry someone you fell in love with because Favut decided you were from a different group. A different race. I mean, it's insane. You think about this now. But I, this is the, in living memory, dude. There are people alive today who, who couldn't marry the, the person they loved. No, I mean, Trevor writes a book about born a crime. You Correct. know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's such a, a disgusting premise. But again, again, I've made peace with the fact that that system was genius. Whoever, whoever implemented that system understood divide and conquer better yes. than anybody, <clears throat> better than anybody else. It was, it was, it was such a genius system that even though we've been professing freedom for so many years, the system still has a, has a, a, a terrible hole. Long tail. And he's, oh, and he's made worse by the fact, you know, I, re, I remember, I'll, t- I'll tell you an interesting, like, Anecdote. I remember being, so remember the time when the ANC was voting for uh, Zuma out Ramaphosa, mm. right? I remember being in an Uber, and Uber drivers are my favorite people to ask questions because they, they so have started, the most interesting answers. Started in the, the show right? this morning talking about one, yeah. Go ahead. Awe, awe, So I asked this brass, so I'm like, hey, dog, who are you, who you voting for? He's like, hey, man, this thing is very interesting. So I'm like, what do you mean? He says, on the one hand, you've got somebody who will steal like an African, and the other hand, you've got somebody who will steal like a European. So I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, no, he believes, this Uber driver believes that Zuma will steal like an African, Ramaphosa will steal like a European. So I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, don't be foolish. A politician, no matter his color, no matter his country, steals. Bottom line. But when a European politician steals, he thinks about tomorrow. So I'm like, what do you mean? He says, no, if he's promising you a bridge, tomorrow there'll be a bridge, but he steals something from the top. You won't even see it. You won't even see it. It just steals something from the top. Exactly. But when Africa steals, it will steal the whole bridge. There'll be no bridge even. There will be no thought for tomorrow. <laughs> and when he, you know when he said it, you know when you don't want to agree with someone? Like, I want to fundamentally put up my hand and go, hey, but I take it easy. Yeah. But then I just went, mm, firstly, let's not fool ourselves as South Africans that we have the only corrupt government in the world. Oh, Secondly, please. don't think the color of your skin means you do crime and other colors ah, of skin exactly. don't do crime. Exactly. If you're a politician, your skin color and your, 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 your place of birth doesn't matter. Oh, well, 
Listen, Chances are you're going to you, steal. If you want to get Ben started on that, you go, you're going down the right road. I can see him. No, I can see the he face. Loves, he loves no, the I'm, I'm enjoying your articulators. He loves a politician. All right, so listen, uh, yeah, we, we've got to we got to wrap this up. Um, unfortunately, I mean, you've, you've been on with us for like 45 minutes, but it feels like it's oh, been man. two minutes, dude. It's, flown. it's been so um, much fun. It's I, been so I really, much fun, though. I really would like to have you back, and we've got lots to talk about. But don't forget, they're doing the Please. Goliath and Goliath Turns 10 comedy show, which is happening at the Lyric at Gold Reef City. They've got amazing comics doing five minutes each. Tickets are only 50 rand. Get them at webtickets.co.za. Jason, it's lovely to see you, my friend. Thank you. Listen, it's great to see you. I want to say a big shout-out to my friends at Comedy Central. Thank you for making me the voice, and thank you for allowing me to express myself on your channel and just, just try to just continue the funny. Um, Gareth, thank you for all you do for us, bro. We see you. Thanks, dude. Uh, you, are, you are an example of a, of a, of a fighter. Uh, never, ever going to lay down. You are an inspiration, as always. And Abut Ben, salute, bro. Nice to see you, dog. Uh, I'll, you, tell Dan, I'll tell Dan you said how's it. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Jason. Very good. Um, Thanks. Cliff Central. Dot com.